Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 20. No way was the turkey that the butler set in front of the diners normal. Drumsticks as big as an adult's forearm. The thing was huge. Only another distraction, though. The purpose of the visit there was to nail these morons on tape. Focus. The Santiago smacked through their turkey. So, really, you do understand what's expected of you, I assume, asked Enrique. Here was a good chance. How could they get Enrique to explain what to do so they could capture it on their hidden microphones without raising suspicion with him? Everyone knew what was expected of them if they were chosen. The question could even be a trap. Of course, Margarita spoke first, as if she were scared Michael would do just as he was thinking by asking details about what to do. The time wasn't right. Focus. Don't blow it. These guys were nuts. In the first minutes of their encounter, it was easy to see that they didn't think twice about killing people. You just got that feeling about them. It was hard to explain, but real, without a shadow of a doubt. Absolute. These people were killers. Knowing that made the situation more grotesque than scary. How could they eat? How could they indulge themselves in such ways at the expense of dead teenagers? The answer to that question really didn't matter. The fact of the matter was that they had. Now it was time for them to be stopped. Focus. Strange how Michael and Margarita's thoughts were so similar about their situation. Enrique dropped his fork to the plate with a clatter. Now let's talk about some of the ground rules here, he said. He had yet to wipe his mouth with the bright orange cloth napkin that he had so neatly placed in his lap before diving into his plate of turkey and steamed carrots. His mouth was full and he spoke between chews in order to receive the money and benefits that come with working for us. You will take orders from me. Oh, Enrique. It was Mama Santiago responding. She was staring disgustingly at her plate, her fork in one hand and a knife in the other. You put dark meat on my plate, sweetheart. Please. Mama Santiago looked like a well-preserved Hispanic woman, put a yellow sundress on her, and she could have made a commercial for Rosarita Salsa. Her voice, though, wasn't any different than a valley girl hanging out in the food court of Anywhere USA Mall, talking about how she dissed on her ex-best friend in the locker room after P.E. Bizarre. It's hard, but stay focused. Focus. Sorry, Mother. Enrique replenished her plate with the correct kind of turkey. She smiled at Michael and Margarita, it was a friendly smile, really. Then she went back to eating. Like I was saying, things can go smoothly or, well, not, said Enrique. You get the drift, right? I'm not sure I'm following what you're saying. That was it. Margarita took the chance. 
She smiled her friendliest smile. It had been known to take her places before. It wasn't beyond her to use it to get what she wanted. What she wanted right now was for that question to be accepted without drawing any suspicion. Oh, it's very simple, Margarita. Enrique put his fork down again, stopped chewing, and wiped the smile from his face instantly. I believe you had a relationship with Juan. Poor Juan. He didn't seem to want things to go smoothly. Poor, poor Juan. He paused for a moment, picked his fork back up, began chewing and smacking again, and smiled broadly. It took everything Margarita had in her body to keep from jumping up and slapping the creep. Focus. Focus. She fought to keep the half-baked smile on her face. No way was she going to let him have the satisfaction of knowing he'd hurt her. Enrique, leave the poor girl alone. I mean, really. She's here, isn't she? She knows what's expected of her, don't you, dear? Mama Santiago's valley girl impression now turned to that of a wise old mother. Wow, she could switch gears fast. Yes, mother. I was simply... But before he could finish, the butler was back again, this time with dessert. Cheesecake with some sort of chocolate sauce poured over it. The Santiago's dug in and ravished each bite like... The dessert had been prepared by the finest chef in the world. Michael recognized the sauce from its taste, smell, and texture. He knew it well. It didn't come directly from the finest French chefs, but from a brown plastic bottle. You know the one, Hershey syrup. The cheesecake was probably the kind that comes frozen. He too was insulted to a point of fighting to hold his anger about the comment on Juan's death. Margarita seemed to be disgusted. Michael leaned toward being scared. After all, these people were capable of anything and unpredictable as well. Together, in danger, no fear. Both of them were angry though, a combination of emotions that didn't mix well. Focus. Michael didn't want to give himself away as being anything other than confident. The thought crossed his mind that maybe he should be an actor. Antonio Banderas didn't have to work that hard. I love cheesecake, especially with this wonderful sauce on it. Is it good, Margarita? Michael? Mother, how about you? Yours good too? Back to the goofy smile with the hunk of shrimp that now lived on his bottom lip. Funny, but it seemed more time was given to eat the thin slice of cheesecake then was given to eat the gigantic slices of turkey. Most of that still sat on plates that the butler had simply pushed to the side to make room for their after-dinner faux delight. Okay, okay, now let's get to business, said Enrique. He pushed the small dessert plate a few inches away from him and tossed the never-once-used napkin next to it on the table. Mama Santiago did the same, except she burped first. Not a ladylike, wimpy little burp, but one that came from deep down inside the throat. Loud? You bet. Could have been a clap of thunder if someone had heard it from another room. In fact, someone probably did. 
the Valley Girl mysteriously reappeared. Enrique continued as if nothing had happened at all, like he was used to such things, and others should be too. Now, you start this Friday. I hope that's not a problem. For the first run, you'll travel together. No hanky-panky now. Anyway, you'll be given a package. You take it to Mexico City. Some of my people will fill you in on the details on exactly where to go, blah, blah, blah. Then you will bring me a package back. Once you're here and everyone's satisfied, you'll be paid. Mother, any questions for our new friends? Yes, dear. Now, Andrew, it's Michael, he corrected her politely. Yes, Michael, do you plan on staying in the area once you're finished working for us? She tried hard to look businesslike and professional. I'm not sure, ma'am. This seemed like a perfect time to take a drink. You know, to fill the gap of silence that results when someone tries so hard to keep a conversation going. Conversations never work out when people have to try that hard. This one never got off the ground. He picked up one of the crystal goblets. It was empty. So was the other one. It was then he realized they'd never been served anything to drink. Bizarre. Stay focused. Well, the community could sure use a bright, handsome young man like yourself. How about you, dear? She was looking at Margarita. I haven't decided yet either. It's still sort of up in the air, Margarita responded. Ah, yes, to be young, you both have your entire worlds and lives in front of you. It's such a beautiful thing. Mama Santiago had lost the valley girl thing again. So, Michael, you like a good cigar? Enrique stood, and the butler quickly took his cue to offer up a teak, highly polished cigar box. He opened the lid, took two cigars, and motioned for Michael to follow him. Michael did as suggested, and confidently accepted the cigar that Enrique held out for him. They stepped away from the table, lit and puffed, then lit and puffed. Michael was really giving it his all to keep from gagging to death. Margarita could hear the men mumbling in conversation just a few feet from the table. Now, it was time again. Jump in and go for it, she thought. In danger, no fear. She stayed focused despite the bizarre, rich Santiago's comments and actions. Now, ask some questions. Pray the mic was broadcasting through the thick concrete walls of the mansion and got some evidence on tape. You're right, Miss Santiago. I do have my entire life in front of me. What were you doing when you were my age? Oh, dear, that's much too long to go into or even remember. I was trying to find someone rich to marry, I guess. Eventually, I was successful. What would you do, I mean, if you were me? Would you stay here or leave? asked Margarita. Well, hmm, I'd have to think about that. I'll tell you this, though. If you do good for Enrique, there's no telling how long he'll let you work for us. The longer you work, the more money you have. So... Whatever decision you make, at least you've had some pocket change, right? 
make a living out of carrying package of drugs? Wow, it's sure an easy way to make a living. Oh, yes, dear, it is, replied Santiago. Focus, she had her. What else could she get her to admit to? What's a little cocaine? What's a little dope? I mean, everyone does it anyway. You know something? I really do feel proud and privileged to have been chosen to do this. She pawed at the turquoise rock that dangled against her chest. Yes, dear, you're correct. Everyone does it. Besides, the way we look at it, we provide a service. The people are willing to pay for it, too. Just look around you, dear. Where do you think all of this came from? I know where it came from, Margarita forced a smile. It's such a shame you couldn't talk your young boyfriend into seeing things your way. Such a shame. But, my dear, that's the way things are. Yes, Miss Santiago, a shame. You see things differently. And it's obvious we've made a good choice in choosing you. Miss Santiago, please, don't be offended, but I'm curious. How do you pick people? I mean, we're taught to wear these necklaces when we're a child. We know it has something to do with y'all, but it's really not that difficult, dear. Mama Santiago's voice took a serious turn. We look for people that are bright, athletic maybe, and someone we can trust. We can trust you, dear, can't we? Why athletic? asked Margarita. Well, dear, you never know when one will need to run. Run? asked Margarita. Yes, dear, from the police. Believe me, you don't want to get caught with $200,000 worth of heroin or cocaine. You'd have to spend a bit of time in prison for that. What if one of us got caught with just the money? Margarita was on a roll. The genius Mommy Santiago was spilling the family secrets all over the table. Hopefully the microphone in Margarita's hair was there to scoop it up and shovel it onto the plate of the Mexican federales. Well, it would be hard to explain, but it's not illegal to have cash in large amounts, said the woman. She switched gears back into the valley girl again. You'd come home and party. That's party, girl. I'm looking forward to that, Margarita lied. She didn't party. Oh, she had once or twice. A joint, a few beers. One time she drank an entire bottle of wine at her aunt's wedding. She puked for two days. Party, as Santiago put it, wasn't her thing. Now, Michael and Enrique were drifting back toward the table. Their mumbles became clearer speech, and Mama Santiago's attention went to what the two were saying. Margarita did the same and eavesdropped on their ongoing conversation, picking it up in midstream. Enrique had his hand on Michael's shoulder, like a father giving his child advice on the finer, more delicate points of life. So, once you've returned here, then we'll get word to you through one of my men when the next job will be. He pulled a long, hard tug on his cigar and followed with a long stream of smoke that shot from his mouth like the smoke trail of a shuttle launch. 
Michael trying so desperately to fit into his role as drug runner followed Enrique's actions. He wasn't quite as smooth though. When he pulled the same smoke into his mouth, it flooded his lungs. He began to gag and cough like a swimmer who'd lost the will to breathe air again. He tried to cover his embarrassing moment by speaking, but that only made things worse. With each attempt at speech, his words were no more than gasping gurgles as gunky gray smoke grew around his face in the form of a cloud. He couldn't even manage enough air to blow it all away. Enrique and Mama Santiago loved it. They couldn't have caught a better laugh if they'd been sitting in front of the big screen TV that must have existed somewhere in the house. They giggled and brought their hands to their throats and pretended to gag too. That really got them laughing. Enrique slapped his thigh and bent over in big, big laughter. His mother was really getting a kick out of it too. It took a few minutes for that to subside. All the while, Margarita and Michael smiled politely and pretended to be just as amused. It didn't matter. If the microphones worked properly, they surely had all they needed. It was time to get out of there now. No sense in dragging this out any further than it need be. I don't think we have any questions. This really seems easy enough, said Margarita. Enrique looked at her coldly as his mood switched from hysterical laughter to a serious, puzzled look in the snap of a twig. Okay, uh, are you in a hurry? He asked. Oh no, I just thought you might want to be assured that we understand. We know what to do. I mean, I do. I'm sure Michael does too. Hmm, I see, said Enrique. Well, we won't keep you. Did you and Mother have a nice conversation? Yes, we did. Thank you, said Margarita. Enrique pulled on Margarita's chair from the back, making for a scene that was fit for royalty. Nice, elegant. It looked fancy. Mother cleared her throat, as if to indicate she'd been neglected. Enrique rushed to the rear of her chair and repeated the fancy move with his mother. She fluttered her long, fake eyelashes as if this was a ho-hum part of the life that must be endured at every meal. The meeting was a bizarre sandwich. Bizarre at the beginning, bizarre in the middle, and bizarre at the end, now with Mama's next move. She rushed around the table and clasped her arms around Margarita in a gigantic bear hug. Why she did that is anybody's guess. The hug was so gigantic that it almost crushed Margarita. Then she scampered off and did the same to Michael. A bizarre sandwich indeed. The butler mysteriously appeared and showed them through the French doors, leaving Enrique and his mama alone in their secluded patio of bizarreness. Now they were with Frankenstein, one more time, and surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly, they were searched again. The hidden microphones remained safe. Back down the paneled corridors that twisted through the mansion, they were led until 
they eventually made it back to those two double doors in which the adventure had started. There to greet them at the door was G.I. Joe, machine gun in hand. They hopped into the Jeep and were off on their way back to Michael's father's pickup. Hopefully it was still waiting for them. From there, they'd take the short drive to the main road where Maria and the mortician were standing by. While with the Santiago's armed escort, they would pass the point where Clark and Mr. Green were listening in and hopefully recording the admissions that the Santiago's had made on tape. Time would tell. The adventure was yet to be over. In danger, together, no fear, focus. They eventually were led through the gates to the mansion where the Jeep hit the unpaved dirt road and the driver shifted into four-wheel drive. He was taking them back. Things had gone well. Michael scoured the tree line along the road for signs of Charlie and Garcia, but saw nothing. They finally made it to the truck. The guard stopped, allowing for them to get out of the Jeep and to head towards the pickup truck. They had made it. Michael and Margarita hugged. Not a bizarre sandwich hug, but a nice, friendly hug. They jumped into the pickup and raced off toward the intersection that would bring them to safety. Margarita's emotions flowed in the form of a stream of her account of what had happened. She went through as much of it as she could before they made it to Maria and that mortician. Expressing her hopes that the microphones picked up the conversation she'd had with Miss Santiago was the limit of her explanation before they saw Maria as she boldly stood in the middle of the road. Michael stopped the truck quickly, causing a crunching sound under the tires. They both hopped out, eager to meet Maria's acknowledgement of whether Margarita's conversation had been recorded. Instead, she simply handed one of the devices to Maria. Maria pressed the button, then looked at Margarita as to say, okay, what next? Suddenly, it was Charlie on the other end of the two-way radio. Maria turned the volume up so that he could be heard. Hey, y'all listen to this. Yes, dear, from the police. Believe me, you don't want to get caught with $200,000 worth of heroin or cocaine. You'd have to spend quite a bit of time in prison for that. It was the exact words of Mrs. Santiago. They had captured the recording. However, all of them knew the adventure had just started. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.